Hey, bowlers, bowling this month is back. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me today in the Above180.com podcast is Jacob Buttruff. Jacob is a two-time PBA regional title winner. He also won the 2015 New Mexico Open. Yesterday, Jacob took over the lead at the USBC Open Championships in the regular all-events category, shooting a 21-24, which is a 236 average for his nine-game block at the USBC Open Championships in Reno. So, Jacob, Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me today. All right. I appreciate it going up. I appreciate it a lot, Tim. Uh, it's a pleasure to do any kind of interviews whatsoever. Awesome. Well, Jacob, let's go back to a year ago. As many folks know, you're now the USBC All-Events Leader at 21-24. But let's go back to about a year ago, maybe a little a little over a year ago. 2015 New Mexico Open. You shoe up and you win that tournament. Was that really kind of your coming out party, so to speak, among on the adult level? Yes, it, uh, it definitely um, it definitely is one of those conference boosters. You know, going out and even just a, a, a tournament like New Mexico Open, you know, uh, amateur bowlers even got a ton of amazing bowlers in uh, the PBA. Like, there was just a lot of talent in such a field like that. And to, to you know, be successful on beating over 250 bowlers at one of the most prestigious amateur tournaments in the nation, it, it, it was definitely a great deal, you know, just going out there and beating some of the best. And even just, it wasn't easy. It was definitely a very low scoring tournament. You had to make good shots. You just had to execute. And that's one thing I've just learned about bowling such tournaments. Like, even if you're bowling any tournament, you have to go out there and still make good shots in order to be successful. So I'm guessing at that tournament you may have heard people when they're looking at the leaderboard scrolling and who is this Jacob? Who is this guy? How do you say his last name? Who is he? 
now you walk into these tournaments though and people see you and they recognize you. How, what's the difference from you know kind of going in sometimes and being a little bit uh, lesser known, you could say, of a quantity of a guy as opposed to now having been on TV and you know having two great finishes at the World Series, winning a couple regionals, and now you're uh, you know again your exposure at the USBC Open Championship. So it's almost like is there a different mindset for you now going into these tournaments when people see you and they their heads turn? You know, it, it definitely it definitely changes. Um, it changes your mentality, like when you're going to such tournaments. Like now, you know, like how some of the PBA bowlers feel. Like some of the PBA bowlers when they're first starting, it's just like nobody really knows who you are. It's like a lot of people didn't know a couple of years ago who Jason Belmonte was when he made his first show, and he was one of, at that time. He was still one of the best, best amateurs in the world, and now. PBA, Jason Belmonte is considered one of the best bowlers in the world. So it's just like it, it, it's just like a different mindset, you know, going into a tournament as opposed to when I first started. Like, I was well-known in JBTs. Um, as even, I'm 22 right now, and it's like I walk in and people I immediately recognize who I am. And when I first started, nobody knew who I was. So even then, it's just like when I'm in that environment, it's just a completely different mindset, but I still go out there and bowl the same game as I did before. Obviously, my game's definitely changed over the years, such as people not recognizing who I am, but now it's definitely changed to a lot of people do know who I am. Yeah, let's talk about that. Fall Classic, the uh, team challenge, you guys uh, did really well, finished in, uh, in third place in that tournament. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so you guys, so that was kind of even amongst the PBA and the Extra Frame viewers. I was there doing stuff for Extra Frame, and you kept saying, "Wow, among among these all-star PBA teams of just made up, no cap limit, no anything." There's this group of guys from Arizona State that are bowling. The 900 Global team sponsored you guys as well, and you guys took it all the way to the top, took it all the way to the step ladder, and like we said, finished in third place. What were you able to take from that in the World Series and then ultimately, you know, parlay that into winning a couple of regionals, you know, in, in Hawaii and doing well over there to now the USBC Open Championship in Reno where all we've been hearing and watching on the webcast is it's a tough shot. It's it's not a not a cakewalk up there. Well, and, you know, it's just a matter of coming down with a strategy, like for any tournament that you're bowling, you know, you're bowling... Basically, in my opinion, probably nine of the toughest games that you'll ever bowl in your life. And it's just a matter of setting up a game plan and going with it. You're bowling with a team. You're, you're not moving pair to pair. If you come up with the right game plan, you're going to succeed. And that's basically what I did during team event. I had two other lefties, Mike Lichten, who's a former high roller champion, uh, and Brian Macon, who's also an alumni for ASU. We came up with a game plan during practice, and we basically succeeded on doing it, and I was able to succeed starting a team. Then I bowled with Mike in doubles. Uh, I shoot individually 720, and we shot 13-13 for doubles. We came, Our game plan succeeded for both of us during singles, and basically it was just coming down to if I could strike enough in the last game, and I knew what the score I needed in the last game. I needed 256 or better, and there in the 7th seventh, seventh and the 10th frame, and just execute probably one of the best shots of my life in the 10th frame on the field ball. Yeah, so in all your bowling experience, is there anything, I've been trying to ask some of the guests I've had on in the past about the USBC Open patterns, both of them, is there anything that you compare them to as far as something you've bowled on, either PBA, you know, New Mexico Open, any of the JBT stuff that's even remotely close? 
Uh, in in all fairness, I'd say about the closest thing you're going to get to is probably the USB-C Masters pattern. Uh, pretty flat, like not exactly one-to-one ratio, but it's pretty flat, really heavy volume, so it's a matter of breaking down shots. Like if you can get your ball to stop through the middle part of the lane, you, there's more oil up in the front, more heavy volume. If you can get your ball to stop at the break point, it, it was just a, basically a successful successful hit. How, how You said you guys had a game plan going in with your other lefties. Um, how, did that, um, how did that all come together? You guys practiced, and then you said, okay, this is what we're going to do, and then we're going to move. Do you think you needed the other lefties to help you? Because I've heard some people say, boy, the left side this year, if you don't have any help over there, it's a challenge. Uh, in, in all fairness, it just comes down to the way you style and bowl. Like, uh, Michael Lichstein doesn't have a, a super high rev rate. Uh, among like me and Brian Macon, we, we pretty much succeed into higher rev rates. So our shot also breaks down a lot quicker, most likely than other lefties. Um, when you're rev- like just with a lot of surface, we were able to break down a pattern in a matter of six to eight shots. And because of that, we were able to see the spot, like we were able to see the friction early, and that's where it just succeeded as the day went on. It, Basically, if you could break it down to see friction at this year's Nationals, I feel like you, you were going to strike a lot. Yeah, it looked like on um, towards the end of your run there, they were live streaming. I give a, a shout-out to Matt Canizzaro. They're doing a great job with USBC. And it looked like, though, you still were not, you say it was a final game of singles, and you still were not deep. It looked like you were planning to play about the 6-7 board. Does that sound about right? Maybe 15 at the arrows out to 6-7? Is that fair assessment? Yeah, I was, to start, I was about right around, I was right about 6-7 at the air, like, about the arrows, I was around 6-7, trying to play it even straighter, and then as it progressively moved on, I kind of kept up my ball, like, the, when I finished the last game, I was probably right around second air, I, I was about just between second and third with my feet, and trying to hit the friction spots with my full ball speed, and if I was able to kind of, um, it a little bit, I was able to get my ball through the break point through all the friction, and I was able to find a shim, and it was just 10 back from there. Yeah, One of the things you see a lot of you, you throwing what you threw on TV, and what I remember you throwing quite a bit at the Fall Classic, was urethane. Talk about how urethane is a part of your arsenal, probably more than it would be you know some of the other lefties and, and other righties even, and, and even some of the other two-handed you know, other people with the two-handed approach like you mentioned earlier. Like, a lot of people on, like, I, I have to give a shout-out to Jesper Center because he's probably one of the most successful, even if he's two-handed, he's a two-handed lefty, he's probably the most successful with your thing because he's able, he has enough ball speed that he's able to keep it in front of him for so long. That's why he succeeds on a little bit more friction pattern because he's able to kind of keep it in front of him. And even if he misses left, he has enough ball speed to where if it hits the friction, it shims to the, the back part of the lane. And... I guess, like, even though I compare myself to Jesper, we do have two completely different ball roles. Like, he sees more back-end friction, and I see more front-end friction because I have a lot more forward roll than Jesper does uh, through the front part of the lane. So the reason I think I'm more successful with your thing is because I see my ball start up really quick, and the quicker I can see my ball start up, the more uh, late, like, in turn lazy the ball gets in the back. And... For me, if I could see more shim in the back part of the lane, the more successful I feel like I am when I'm playing on flatter patterns. So 
Talk about, Jacob, the transition for you from bowling, even the New Mexico Open where you have lefties, to going out on tour where you have guys like Jesper throwing two, you know, throwing that two-handed and almost a similar approach. Your adjustments, it almost is like they have to be double. And then talk about how you're able to work through that transition and you know, because that changes your your shot too. People talk about the right side transitioning. Talk about how your side transition and how you've had to work through some uh, challenges to keep seeing the consistent ball roll that you like. Well, and then I've I've bowled against numerous lefties in the past, like very successful lefties too. Brett Wolf, who has won a past Masters title. Brian Simonelli, I bowled against before, who's one of the highest bowlers in the world right now. Um, I bowled it against Jesper before. Uh, it's just all these successful lefties, uh, you know, we, some of us work together and to break it down shots the way we wanted to, and it's just a matter of coming down to who strikes the most. For me, it's, if I feel like if I'm bowling with any, rever- any lefties, I feel like the more right of them that I can be, the better I can succeed at it. And tell us why that is. Because even with my higher rev rate, it, I also can do tricks to where if I have to throw it slower and get around it, I also feel like I could be successful with that too. But I pulled against Simonelli before at the World Series of Bowling. Uh, it was the Chameleon Championship. Um, Simonelli obviously is one of the best bowlers in the world. And as the day progressively got on, I tried to stay as right of him so that way I can just bounce it off of the burn spot and just see the friction quicker than he can. And even with that, I was able to execute shots better and better because if the further right I could stay of any other lefty, the more friction I see down lane, and that would create a little bit more bounce for me, which I feel successful. If I see bounce, then that's where I can make better shots as well. All right, Jacob, you're, you're in the clubhouse with your lead there. Um, how much are you going to be paying attention to the upcoming shooters? you got about uh, six weeks left of the tournament. How much are you going to be paying attention to some of the guys coming through? Are you going to watch some of the team squads or doubles, any of the live streams? And are you just going to be like, it is what it is. If it was meant to be, it's going to happen. And I'll, I'll wait for that phone call from the guys over at uh, Arlington, Texas. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be something to sweat out. <laughs> but... Uh uh, it's definitely, you know, I'll glimpse at the, the leaderboard online here and there, but uh, there's still a ton of talented bowlers to still bowl. I know that uh, the team of Matt Gaston, PJ Haggerty, David Sullivan, etc., uh, just bowled a team event the day that we finished double singles, and there's still a ton more talented bowlers to bowl in the upcoming six weeks. And yet, like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tricky one. Um, I'm probably going to sweat it out a little bit, but... I feel like to to get there and average just about two just to average two thirty six. I feel like I my score was posted well enough. Um, if someone beats it, they bowled really good. They bowled really really fantastic. Awesome stuff, Jacob. I want to thank you for joining me. I know you've had a, a quite a whirlwind of the last couple of days with your your travel schedule and you're in Vegas now watching uh, some of your buddies bowl uh, tournaments down there. So I want to thank you for taking some time to join me today and all the best of luck. And we'll have to catch up again soon. All right, Tim. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. I also want to remind folks check out bowlingthismonth.com. Lots of great stuff. They're seeing all the new ball. Re- 
reviews coming out. If you're looking for a ball, as you maybe are still heading out to Reno, perhaps uh, seeing the new uh, Rhino line, seeing some of the new Storm pieces, Motive as well. Lots of great equipment and uh, lots of great reviews there. Also some great articles, how to practice your game, how to bowl, uh, when it comes to where to practice and how to practice sometimes in some of the more non-traditional ways, which is something we're always looking for as well. Uh, seeing a piece appear by Mike Jasnow and Joe Selwinski, and of course a very popular PWBA Roundtable. So check all that out at BowlingThisMonth.com.